What's up, everybody? How are we doing? We are back for another episode of Shoot the Shot. It is October 10th. Along with me is my co-host, who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. Midday. How's it, how's it going, buddy? It is going wonderfully on this. I don't know why that had a little bit of a British tone to it, Oof. but um, maybe I'm feeling a little tea time here. But it is going wonderfully. On this lovely Thursday evening, I just got back from watching the movie Joker. Oh, so that was an activity I did. This how afternoon. how was it? Out of out of ten, right now, give me a rating. um. Oh, out of ten. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if you want to do five, you can do five. So no, I'm doing out of ten with okay. decimals. But oh, good. Only other the, way. The issue with this is I haven't had a ton of time to digest it because it's a very heavy, thick, viscous movie. And it's dark, and it's depressing, and it's got a great, incredible performance from Joaquin Phoenix, who plays the Joker. Spoiler alert. But there's a lot of thinking that I need to do about it, but I will give you an initial out of 10. I'm going to give it a strong 7.8. Mm, okay. So it's a must-see. I, it's a must-see, but I don't know if I can sit through it twice. Is it like, long? It's pretty long. In a good way. It's really not that long. It's only about an hour 55. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's doable. And it's good that it's not any longer because, man, is it dark and depressing. Really? Yeah, dude. It's, oh. it's a good movie. I think it's worth seeing, but, again, only once. All right. Well, I'll keep <laughs> that in mind before I go back into the uh, theaters for the second time. The second time this <laughs> <day>. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. Um, unfortunately, I hope I hope some of our, our followers and listeners aren't going to be too upset, but we're going to uh, begin moving on a little bit from the fantasy um, side of things because we want to talk a little bit about basketball coming up. Yes, we do. So we're both pretty big basketball fans. So we, we thought, you know, instead of giving you an hour and 30 minute NBA preview like we did for our NFL preview we thought we would break it up a little bit and do it by division because that might save us some time and um, save you some time as well yes don't want to don't want to bore people to death no that is so, not a good podcast goal no so we're gonna do it by division hopefully keep you interested and today we're actually going to begin with the Atlantic Division, who the NBA world champions reside in, the Toronto yeah. Raptors. So let's start. Let's actually start with the Raptors midday. Okay. So let's talk about them. So last season, they were 58 and 24. Obviously, had Kawhi Leonard on their team, um, not by his choice, but <laughs> true. Dude balled out, if if I do say so. Um, they, you know, obviously won the finals without, um, or they beat the Warriors without Kevin Durant and half of Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some key losses for them, obviously Kawhi moving to to LA, going to the Clippers, and then uh, Danny Green also moving on. Just 
you know, some, some key losses for them, but some key additions, I didn't really know what to put here. There's a couple of names, but it's like, I mean, Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, you know, not guys that I'm too worried about if I'm not exactly household names there. Yeah. Um, so I know my Detroit friends, my Detroit Piston friends, and they know that Stanley Johnson's one of the more frustrating prospects to come in the draft. Um, but he was the eighth overall pick, so you can't get too high of hopes. But I know he was a big disappointment for his last team. Yeah. Uh, and I think that um, the Raptors, you know, have a pretty good, a pretty good organization. You know, I mean, they moved from DeRozan to Kawhi and, you know, picked it up a little bit, I think, with the addition of Kawhi and then obviously the emergence of Pascal Siakam. But yeah. they, they don't really, I mean, it doesn't seem like they sputter at all. They, like, drop a lot when um, Kawhi, or at least, like, when Kawhi's out. I know that, you know, last year the Raptors were still pretty good without Kawhi, uh, like, when he wasn't in the lineup. But yeah, they're over under this season is a 46 and a half. Uh, so, and, and real quick, let me just give you their projected starters. We've got Lowry at the one, Norman Powell at the two. OG Ananobi. I don't know how to say it. That's it. You did it flawlessly, actually. Pascal Siakam and Marc Gasol. So they're over under for the upcoming season is 46 and a half. Reminder, they were at 58 last year. Um, Some thoughts and then maybe a prediction for the over under this upcoming season. Yeah. So obviously the Raptors, the glaring thing like you already talked about is missing Kawhi. And how are they going to fill in that gap? Uh, the short answer is they can't because he's a top three or four guy in the league. Um, but this still feels like a playoff team to me because uh, they do have uh, Kyle Lowry still. They do have Serge Ibaka even off the bench. And they do have Marcus Gasol returning. Siakam too. And then Siakam, right, right. But what made this team great um, last year was their bench. So, like I said, they had, I mean, it looks like Abaka is probably going to be playing mostly bench minutes. And then they have, like, Fred Van Vliet coming off that bench, too, who is a, a very good spark plug for them at point guard. And I think the big thing that I'm interested to see, and I think I have a differing opinion than most people that talk about this professionally, uh, Siakam has to take another step forward if they're going to be anything close to a contender this year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think he's going to take that leap um, because he showed a ton of potential. Obviously, last year he won the Most Improved Player Award. So that says a lot for him is he's willing to improve and, and knows how to do it. But I'm still a little bit skeptical on his his ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's going to be exactly what they think he will be right away this season. But again, I still this still feels like a playoff team. And I think there's no question they'll win. The The number I have in my head is 45 wins. Okay. So I think I'm going to take, I'll probably have to go with the under on the 46 and a half, you said. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd probably bet the under. Cause it's I just, close. I think they're an injury away from being a 35 win team. Yeah. They just don't have a ton of room for error without that one major star. Yeah. I mean, I think 
I, you know, I kind of mentioned like the organization and maybe the culture. Uh, I think Nick Nurse is a pretty good coach. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I think obviously losing Kawhi, they're not going to get up to 58 wins again. Um, no. And Danny Green, I mean, honestly, pretty good wing defender. Like he's not just, he's not just like, I'm going to shoot threes in the corner. Like he can, he can defend the wing pretty well too. So I think they're going to miss Absolutely. him a little bit. He can defend three positions. Yeah. Maybe even um, four in today's NBA, the way some power forwards are being. Oh, well, yeah. And how some lineups are. I mean, yeah, you never know if somebody's going to go small, but uh, right. I think I'm going to take the over. Okay. Um, it's kind of, I kind of feel like you about the under though. Like it's close. I think, yeah, you know, it's going to float between 47 to 49. I don't know if they're going to get to 50. Um, but I think that they've got a good culture and they've got a nice, like, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good, like, attitude to go into. I mean, everybody's, you know, they've been winning there, at least in the regular season, pretty consistently, you know, for the last five years or so. So I think that it, they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so moving on, let's, let's, uh, let's look at the favorites uh, in this division this year, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, yes, okay. yes. So last season they were 51 and 31. Um, lost two starters, though, in Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick, but brought in Al Horford from a divisional opponent, the Boston Celtics. Uh, mm. Their starting lineup is looking like Ben Simmons, who made his first three in a preseason game, and the world almost ended. Hilarious reaction by the crowd, by the way. Uh, they stood up and cheered like it was game seven of the final. Yeah. And I just Which, can't even get over it that a point guard made a three and people are freaking out. Yeah. You kind of got to feel like a piece of trash if you're Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> like that was I mean, so sarcastic. Yeah. That would, that would get to me personally, but I'm sure he took it on the chin. He yeah. He probably thought he, it was a little funny too. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, but so Ben Simmons starting at the one, um, Richardson, Josh Richardson from, uh, I believe they got him from Miami. Miami in correct. a sign and trade with Jimmy Butler, um, yep. and then Tobias Harris at the three, and then Al Horford and Embiid kind of the four five, the four five range. So then their over under is actually fifty four and a half this year. So we're expecting a, a significant four win step up. If you're if you're going to take the over a four win step up from last year, losing Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, what do you think about the 76ers midday? So my thing with the Sixers is this is one of the, I think, only two teams in this entire Eastern Conference that has a legitimate shot to win the whole title. Um, not just the East, but the, the NBA championship. Um, like you said, they still have Embiid, they still have Simmons, and they brought back Tobias, uh, Tobias Harris, um, and they'll be doing the majority of the scoring. Losing Jimmy Butler, I think, hurts them a little bit because he was really one of the only guys on their team uh, that could truly create for himself. Um, because Simmons is just not a threat with the jumper yet. Embiid's so big, he doesn't really have the handle. He can't really blow by anybody. And he gets <clears throat> tired. He looks so out of shape most of the time at the end of games. And He's I, just so big. He, he is huge. But I think <laughs> he, he did work on his conditioning this summer, so look for that to improve. No more burgers pregame. <laughs> no more burgers. Yeah, maybe. We can't roll that out. He's yeah, no. He's a wild card. Yeah. But um again, the big addition for them was Horford this offseason. And I think he might prove to be more valuable 
on the court in turn, but not as far as like statistics go. I don't think his maturity numbers will be and, great. and maybe being a veteran exactly. playoff experience. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. His, his locker room presence really cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. Uh, every team he's been on, he's been one of the, one of the favorites in that, in both locker rooms with the Hawks or the Celtics. And that's well documented uh, mm-hmm. by all his former teammates. And I think he, especially him being around Embiid and Embiid's personality is a little bit, like we said, he's a wild card. He likes to get in uh, uh, arguments and fights and scuffles and get those technicals and tweet about it more than the president. But I, I think Horford maybe this year might calm him down. And uh, he's a great veteran to set set this whole team on the right path. You mentioned like he's a great locker room guy, but the difference I think with like he's not just the locker room guy like he's gonna still come out and contribute to like it's not like a um it's not like a james jones or um something like that you know where he's just gonna be like a a good locker room guy to have around oh he's gonna be a locker room guy but then also be out on the court you know starting and and contributing probably i mean there's no reason he couldn't average like 12 and 12 and 8 that's basically the numbers I had in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So he's never been the strongest rebounder or anything, but like he'll still hit that mid range jumper. He'll do pick and pops with Simmons and Oh, and he's a threat with the three. It'll be fine. Yeah, that little corner three with his little set shot that still looks terrible, but Yeah. So I he think he it. I mean I mean Jimmy Butler was the eleventh rated player on ESPN's one hundred players list. We both both kind of said he was a little, you know, maybe overhyped there. I think that Horford might, you know, become more valuable maybe than Jimmy was to them in the aspect of like, you know, his like being a good teammate and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You don't hear uh, Al Horford calling out teammates and playing them with the third stringers in practice. Right. So how Horford is, is definitely not a distraction in any way. Mm-hmm. So let's, well, let's just get into the, the over under it's So it's 54 and a half and a reminder that they won 51 games last year. What do you think? Um, this is a great over under set by Vegas. I'm taking the over. I think 56 or seven for this Sixers team. I think the East is so weak and they're, they're going to be favored in every single Eastern conference game just about. So yeah, I'm taking the over. Okay. I think that I I was definitely teeter tottering a little bit. Um, but as soon as you said with the East being a little bit weaker than the West, it, it kind of swung me a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over as well, mm-hmm. just because you know I think you like you like you said you sold me on that East being weaker. They're going to have a majority of East Eastern Conference games. Uh, you know Kevin Durant's in the East, but he's not playing this year. So not this year, right? Like that's that's a a player that you know can go out and win a single game by himself against some teams, but easily, yep. He's not going to be around. So I think I'm going to take the over with you. Cool. I love it. So moving on to the Boston Celtics, Al Horford's old team. So last year they were 49 and 33 um, with some very uh, glaring key losses on paper. Um, You know, looking at Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Terry Rozier, who stepped in there when Kyrie was, whenever Kyrie was out. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are some key losses and then some key additions. Obviously, they signed Kemba Walker from Charlotte this year. Um, Enos Cantor brought him to town. And then some of their rookies, I'm actually, I like, I really like their rookie class that they brought in, which 
is kind oh, of like a Boston, yeah. Boston thing to do where they just, you know, keep replenishing and nobody's ever a veteran. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, Boston. Romeo Langford, Romeo, Romeo Langford from Indiana was their, uh, their lottery pick this year from Brooklyn. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. It was actually from somebody else, but, um, and then really? Taco Fall. Yeah, it actually wasn't from Brooklyn this year. Um, and then Taco Fall Love him. from UCF, who's, you know, that massive seven seven, seven six, seven seven guy that wears the little goggles and can block anything without jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Carson Edwards, the the guy from Purdue who looks like he should be um I mean, not playing basketball. He's like five ten. No, he's a little spark plug for sure. But but he absolutely destroyed March Ma- in like the NCAA tournament this year in March Madness. Yeah, it was the talk of the tournament. I'd say forty burgers. Yeah, I mean he, he looked. Everybody was kind of comparing comparing his run to what Steph did at Davidson, uh, his sophomore season. Yep. Um. So those are some losses, some additions uh, for the Celtics this season. Midday. Any any thoughts about the Boston Celtics this upcoming year? The Boston Celtics, um, I think the big question is not if Kemba Walker can fill it for Kyrie Irving, because I think everyone would agree that Kemba is a a half step down from Kyrie as far as talent goes. But I think Kemba is is two steps above Kyrie in terms of being a good teammate and positive chemistry and not subliminally subliminally calling out his teammates in post-game interviews like Kyrie tended to do yeah less drama less drama less drama for sure but I think the actual big question with this team is are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum gonna actually become what they need to be that's definitely a good point um just because of their you know the sophomore season for Jalen Brown and then the fresh the freshman sophomore the rookie season for Jason Tatum, uh, you know, when Kyrie and Hayward both went down with season-ending injuries that year, they both were like, you know, where did these kids come from? Yeah. And then last year, taking a step back with with Kyrie and Hayward, both back to being healthy. I think I would agree, but that's that's where my eyes are with at least at least Jason Tatum, a hundred percent. Jalen Brown, I kind of forgot about because. I don't even know why. I mean, he's not even like a projected starter who, which I was kind of shocked. I mean, the projected starters are Kemba, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Enos Cantor. Yeah, I think eventually, I think Jalen Brown will start. And I think Marcus Smart's just a better off the bench kind of guy. Yeah. For that. But I think Jalen Brown, like guys in his draft class are getting their big contracts. Like you saw. Jamal Murray and Ben Simmons get these big extensions. So now it's kind of, it's, it's Tatum's turn, right? Tatum, Jalen Brown's turn. So I think he's, he should be extra motivated. And he was the third uh, pick, right? He was the third overall pick out of Cal. Yeah. Yeah. And people were surprised by that pick when it happened, if you remember. Right. And then, but But, then that freshman or that rookie and and that sophomore season, they were kind of like, okay, like we all see why he was the third pick, but he really hasn't taken that step. Like yeah, extra step forward to become a star. He's just so inconsistent on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Brown is a great defender um, yeah. already, and that's only gonna that that'll stay the same. But he he could only get in the the starting lineup twenty five times last year, 
So it's just he's got to prove something. And again, oh, yeah. with, with Boston, they have the coach in place for the next however many decades they however want. However long Stevens. they want him, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the right guy for that job. And yeah, I I'm I'm high on the Celtics this year, I think. Higher mm-hmm. than than you would think. Jalen and Jalen Brown, you know, like you said, you have no worries about his defensive skills. Like he's an athletic freak. Oh yeah. I mean, you see some of the dunks he's throwing down. So like he's got he's got the skills like and the tools he just needs to kind of put it all together and consistently night in and night out go out and perform. Yeah. And that's like the difference, I think. That is the difference. So so they're over under this year is 49 and a half which last season they were 49 um but then you're losing Kyrie, you're losing Al Horford, um but you're gaining Kemba, Cantor and then you know those rookies we talked about. So what do you think about that over under? I think that over under is ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that because I just said that I was a little bit higher on the Celtics this year, but I don't think 50 wins is in this team. So I'm going to have to by default, take the under on that 49 and a half. I, I think I'm going to disagree. Go for it. I'm going to take the over because I think they're going to be better than the Raptors. I think we're going to really see Brad Stevens. I think last year it was masked a little bit by Kyrie's ego. So I, I think that really Boston's actually going to take a step up. Okay. Um, I'm putting my faith in Tatum and Brown and Kemba. And I think that, you know, Stevens is really going to get what he wants out of this group. So I'm going to say they're a 50 win team. I think they're going to be better than Toronto. I think they're going to be better than Brooklyn this year without KD. Okay. Um, the Knicks, it doesn't even matter about them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're going to compete with the 76ers. Um, okay. So I do think I'm going to take the over for Boston. Okay. If it was 52 and a half, what would you do? Um, I would probably take the under. Okay. So you think it's a low I think, 50? I think it's a low 50. Okay. But I, I think they're going to go out there and compete. Yeah. They'll always compete in Boston. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so weird about Kyrie last year is he kind of gave up in that Bucks series. Right. And... Like they, they, I mean, it seemed like they had some issues and they still won 49 games. So, yeah, I don't know, but let's move on. Um, let's talk about the Nets, the team that Kyrie is currently on. Um, obviously, no Kevin Durant this season. Um, we're expecting, and I know Kevin Durant recently said, two Nets fans don't expect me to come back this season. Yeah, can't correct. blame him. He, he should say him. that. Yeah. yeah, you can't blame him. I mean, take you got to take care of yourself. So, some uh, they were forty-two and forty last year, which was very, very surprising. The uh, the Nets actually shocked a lot of people. I think with D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, kind of leading the way for this squad. Yes. Who D D'Lo is now on the Warriors. So, Ugh. yeah, some losses for them. Um, D'Angelo Russell, obviously, and then Alan Crabb, who they kind of threw a lot of money at. And Alan Crabb, who right, fun fact, we'll see ya. <laughs> Alan Crabb was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. Those are some key losses, some key additions. Obviously, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Um, they forced the Nets to sign DeAndre Jordan. Um, Wilson Chandler, actually, on the Nets this year, too. I was kind of surprised by. Um, I didn't know that. Or maybe I did know that and just kind of forgot about it. Um, but they also got Tareen Prince from 
Atlanta, I believe he was on last. Yep, 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 yep. And then David Nwaba, who was on the Cavs last year. But they kind of had an like a complete makeover to their team. They really I mean, did. I mean, you've got, you know, I I just named some key players leaving, like like D'Angelo Russell, um, and Alan Crabb. But they also lost, you know, Hollis Jefferson, Demar Carroll, Jared Dudley, Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier, um. And then added all those guys that I named, um, along with also Gary Temple, who's still in the league. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, complete makeover to their team from a year ago. They're yeah. keeping guys like Karis Levert around Joe Harris. So what do we think about the Nets? They got Spencer Dinwiddie, too. Don't forget oh, about that's Spencer right. that's right. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, another former Detroit Piston who's <laughs> doing well elsewhere. Um, but I'll leave the Pistons alone for the central preview. Um, yeah, I think the main question, obviously, this season with the Nets is, is Kyrie Irving going to be able to make this leap into being the guy for one season? Because there's for no season. pressure now. Right. So he can he can test the waters and see if he can be that first upper tier level star, because I think he's definitely a star. But I think most people would agree he's he's kind of in that second tier, um, not quite on the LeBron or the Giannis or the Harden level or the mm-hmm. KD. Yeah. Um, there's always been a little bit like he needs someone else to be with him to succeed. And that's what was confusing to me about this teaming up with Kevin Durant thing is because he's going back to being second fiddle again. And I don't know. He hated in Cleveland. Right. He hated and that's why he forced his way out and we traded him for a pencil. And it seems like maybe he realized with this whole having to apologize to LeBron thing that maybe he just thrives in that second fiddle role. But this season, he will have another chance to see if he can be the first fiddle, if that's even a term. Um, definitely don't know about you know what you said about the, the no pressure thing, because I still think that Kyrie does kind of need to prove some things. Um, just kind of what you said, that star being that upper tier star. Like, I think that's something that he wants. It definitely is because that's why he went to Boston or not went to Boston, but that's why he, you know, that's what he wanted. Yeah. And wanted to do in Boston was he wanted to be that guy. So I think, I mean, it's definitely something that drives him to being a better basketball player is being in that conversation for, you know, an MVP for the season. And like, because Obviously, all these people like Giannis will say, you know, I'll give up an MVP for a championship any day. And that's true. But when you get an MVP award, it definitely you definitely feel good about your work, you know, towards your craft. Yeah, definitely. So so I think that this is a good season, like you said, for Kyrie to kind of, you know, see where he's at individually as far as leading a team. Um, And can we also talk about how fortunate he is to have been that second fiddle to, I mean, when their careers are done, LeBron and Kevin Durant, arguably two top 10 players, um, for sure scores or top five scores maybe, but for sure, probably top 10 players ever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, mm, yeah, yeah. We'll give Kevin Durant that nod. It's definitely arguable top 10 but we'll have to I mean, see how these last couple years go but yeah, he's on think, the right path and the injury the, yeah 
that's true. I guess depending on what happens with this injury, but you know, as much as we hated his move to Golden State, he he kind of did what he had to as far as um, his legacy goes. You know, getting championships. Which, real quick, I just absolutely hate the championship talk when it comes to individual player rankings all time. Yeah, and we'll yeah. we can talk about that some other day, but. That's a big, long discussion. It's just such a team success award that I just, I find it so hard to look at a guy like, you know, Kevin Durant, who's got, he's got two or th- well, three, I guess, right? No, two, sorry. I was just two. Um, who's got two championships and like putting him behind, you know, certain players that have five championships just because of the championship you know, resume. I, I don't know. It's yeah. It's just such a, it's a weird thing when you, you, when you rank players all time, it's like, are we talking about their, um, greatness success? Yeah. accolades or are we talking yeah. about their actual skill as a player? Cause Kevin Durant is one of the most incredible skill players we've ever seen. I mean, he's almost seven feet tall with shoes on and shoots and handles and moves and plays defense. It's, yeah, it's remarkable. But he moves like he's six three, but he's six ten. Yeah, 6'11. but I, I guess Robert Ori has seven rings. So like, what are we doing with him? Right. Like, but, come on, everyone knows that Kevin Durant's a superior player. To yeah, a lot of guys. So so let's kind of talk about their over under. They're at forty three and a half, which is actually a a win and a half above last season. Um, do you mind if I go first? No, go for it. I'm going to take the under. Um, okay. I, you know me. I I'm do. I'm the biggest Kyrie fan. You are. There is. But I, I mean, I'll be the first one to say his ego gets in the way sometimes, and I don't think he can be that first fiddle to lead a team. A completely so fair point. Boston is better than them last year and had 49 wins. Like as like their roster, um, yeah, you know, as a whole. The so, team around him. Yeah. So, you know, kind of just switching teams around a little bit and and saying that Kyrie's gonna be able to get forty four wins on the Nets with, you know, himself and like, you know, Dinwiddie like I, people just don't know how to play with Kyrie and Kyrie doesn't really know how to play with others, I think. Mm-hmm. At some points. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's never been able to do it, but yeah. it definitely is certain games and certain like times of the game that it's like you don't really know what to do when Kyrie's got the ball or when you have the ball and Kyrie's on the floor. like Because he is so masterful and so skilled with the ball in his hands. You don't want to take it out of his hands, but it makes it difficult for people to play with him that also might you know need the ball. like Or not even need the ball, but, you know, like a lot of guys, you can't get into a rhythm when you don't have the ball in your hands. Correct. The The ISO ball only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the under with the Nets this season. I think that they are going to underperform a little bit with Kevin Durant out and DeAndre Jordan, Jordan kind of aging. Uh, I still think they can get to 40, but I think it's going to be similar to last year around 500, 41 and 41 maybe. Yes, I agree with you here and with taking the under. 
I think it is in the 40s, but it's one of those low 40s, and it's definitely not 44. Um, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, that is a terrible contract. They're giving him $10 oh. million dollars a year. He can't move anymore. I don't no. know if you watched him play for the Knicks. He cannot move. No, that He's, was $10 million to get Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant. Happy. Yeah, that was like a, a stipulation because they wanted their buddy with them. But well, they didn't take the max because of it. Yeah, which is incredible to me. Oh, um, very. But, yeah, I think this team could still be something. I do really like Torian Prince. Uh, I think he's very underrated. He did some good things for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Jarrett Allen still, so they really don't even need DeAndre too much. Uh, they got a good young guy who's down there, can hold down the paint, block shots, and he's he's energetic as all as any you could even want. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't see 44 wins out of this team this year. Um, I think Kyrie will probably be amazing in a lot of games, scoring 30, 40, 50 points even. But as far as the winning goes, I don't think there'll be too, too much of it for the Brooklyn Nets this season. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he's going to be an all-star. He's going to, you know, all that. He's going to get on an all-NBA team, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, – Definitely think that they're not going to perform as expected um, if you're taking the over for the Nets this year. Um, their projected starters are uh, Kyrie, obviously, and then Karis LeVert, um, Joe Harris. And then you're going to have to help me with this one. Rod, Rodden, Rodion's Karak. So <laughs> I'd love to help you with that, but I have no clue who that is. And I think it might be a Pokemon. Dude, I've never heard of this man. No, let's just not even say his name because I yeah, think I feel I think, bad saying it wrong. I think Torian Prince will probably start instead of him when it all gets down to probably. Him. Probably that's my and, guess. And then Jared Allen probably is going to start at center over DeAndre. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the Brooklyn Nets. Um, moving on to the bottom of the barrel, the other New Yorkers. Yeah, the other New York team. So the Knicks, who had a tough summer you know, to say the least thought they were getting Zion, thought they were getting Kevin Durant, thought they were getting Kyrie ended up with a solid Zion replacement in Julius Randle, a Kyrie replacement in RJ Barrett. And I, I mean, Bobby Portis, I guess, but so key losses for the Knicks. I, I mean, Deandre, Jordan, I guess. Emmanuel Moutier. Are those key losses? Probably not. No, just because Moutier is almost my last name. We'll give him a half credit. Yeah, I think they definitely got better this offseason. They didn't get to what they were supposed to do, what they thought they were going to be. But they got better adding Randall, Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, and then um, their rookie, R.J. Barrett. Uh, So the Knicks. So the Knicks. (laughs) Their projected starters are Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, uh, Marcus Morris. They also added Julius Randle and then a surprising rookie last year who's actually pretty good, Mitchell Robinson. He is very good. I do like that kid. He's a good Um, one. But they were 17 and 65 last year. What do we think about the, the Knicks and their brutal front office and organization? They do have... You go. I love. I love how. I'm sorry. I'm talking way too much. But I love how everybody is just like 
you know, oh, the Knicks, it's this storied franchise, like, what? In the 70s, maybe. The <laughs> uh, only thing they have to their credit lately is, like, uh, a finals lost in the, like, maybe the 2000 finals? Yeah. No, 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 like, the 99 finals. Like, the Knicks were never, I mean, as of late, all of these young kids that that are, you know, playing basketball nowadays don't remember the Knicks as being like the like a team that is like no. a storied franchise. No, they're not the biggest Bernard King fans. No. Uh, nowadays, the kiddos. And James Dolan is the worst owner in professional sports. All of them. All the sports. He's the worst. Pro- I, the I, worst I, owner in professional sports. Uh, as far as their offseason goes, I feel so bad for Julius Randle because he had a great season last year with the Pelicans and people just make fun of him now because he's was supposed to be Kevin Durant or Zion or Kyrie and he's not and he never will be. But he, he averaged over 20 a game last year and played great minutes and I'm happy for him that he got that contract. Got that bread. He did. He secured the bag, as the kids say. <laughs> but yeah, like we talked about, I do like Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I I'm back on the side that RJ Barrett is a good prospect and has mm-hmm. a lot of upside. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. seems like he still hasn't quite found out what he's going to be besides a dunker. Yeah, um, and then they I definitely they, go ahead. Yeah, uh, they I don't know why they added four power forwards this off season. That was kind of a weird. Uh, strategy for me, but they got obviously Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, but they also picked up Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. who's another guy who like needs minutes and can only really play the four. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, it is very, it is very weird. I don't know how much Taj Taj Gibson's gonna play. Yeah, over Randall and Portis, because like Randall and Portis are both a little younger. Portis kind of had a decent season last year too. Yeah, uh, started with Chicago and then I think got traded uh, when the Bulls made that move for um, Otto Porter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they made that move for Otto Porter, and I believe they sent Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis to Washington. But he wasn't too bad last year for both of those teams. So, I mean, he's young. It's yet to be determined what he is, but yeah, he's 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 deserves to be on an NBA team so long <laughs> as he doesn't punch a teammate in the face like he did to Miritich. Oh yeah, which is one of the <laughs> one of the funnier NBA stories besides J.R. Smith throwing soup. <laughs> but Dennis Smith Jr. kind of agree with what you said there. Doesn't really know what he is. When he came into the league, I compared him to like a young Russell Westbrook. Okay, uh, like he's got that athletic ability that's just like through the roof. I mean, dude is athletic as hell. Superhuman athleticism. Um, but, you know, kind of just needs to put it all together to see what he can be. I agree. Um, he's just been a little disappointing. And I always feel bad for those uh, lottery picks that get traded so early in their uh, lifespan. Well, th- throws them off a little bit. Yeah, it's it's hard to get on track when you're switching cities. I think people mm-hmm. people underestimate the effect and the impact that has. These guys are 19, 20 years old, and you're telling them to move across the country? Yeah. You move from Dallas to New York City, and it's like, here, good luck. Why can't you be efficient, and why is your uh, on-off splits not good? Like, he's yeah. trying to just figure out life right now. Well, so, and Some of them probably, 
you know, move like their parents with them too. Cause they get these fat contracts and then it's like, they got to uproot everything and just, Oh yeah. Oh, you weren't, you weren't good enough, quick enough for us. So sorry. We found a replacement already, which I mean, not gonna like, it is a business aspect in certain ways, but you know, so if you're the Mavericks and you have an opportunity to get a guy like Porzingis, kind of got to pull the trigger on that one. Yes, I agree. And I think you saw in the one preseason game that Luca and not to make this a Mavericks discussion, but Luca and Porzingis look pretty good together. Oh, it's going to be fun. I am excited. I'm just so excited for this whole season. There's so yeah. many teams that are going to be competitive. The Cavs not being one of them, but it'll be fine. We're we're building for the future. Hey, we still love them. We just, I will never not love the Cleveland Cavaliers. No. I promise that. Um, so but yeah, the NBA is wide open, and we're we're gonna have a good. It's, it'll be fun. We are excited for the NBA season. Real quick, let me get your over under for the Knicks. It's at twenty seven and a half. Oh, who the hell cares? Uh, I'm gonna take the under because they'll take tank the again. Too. They'll yeah, probably I'm gonna tank take again. So that's the that's the Atlantic Division. So let's get into our pick'em midday. What are what are the records? Uh, funny you should ask, but shocker to everyone listening, I'm sure I did very mediocre again last week <laughs> and went seven and eight, which brings me below the Mendoza line, and I am now thirty and thirty-one on the season. Sam had a great week, wow. went ten and five, forty and twenty-one, so I'm a full ten correct answers behind. But I'm a guru. You're, if you're going to listen to picks, <laughs> all you gamblers out there, just listen to Sam. Don't listen to me. Sam's pick section. <laughs> just do a little segment. Sam's special picks. Maybe we can work on a theme song for you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> all right. So, the first so let's start uh, today, actually. Yes. Thursday, October 10th. Tough one for us here. We got the Giants. Uh, going into Gillette Stadium to take on the Patriots. No Eli Manning. I don't think the Patriots have anything to worry about here. Uh, who's the pick? Um, I am picking the New England Patriots. Who We're taping this right now. It's about 8.30, so the game probably already started. It's probably like, already over. Regardless, well, it's over. before. <laughs> I'm picking the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots as well here. Um, no surprise. I mean, 5-0. You're playing a rookie quarterback. Tom Brady's 11 and 0 against rookie quarterbacks. Fun fact. Wow. Uh, don't Look expect that. him to be 11 and 1 with the Giants. Very shorthanded. No Saquon. No Evan Ingram. Um, no Sterling Shepard. Mid, I hope you took Evan Ingram out of your lineup. I this did week. actually. I am a responsible <laughs> general manager. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So, so no problem for the Patriots here. Right, Ben. So we're going to move into our next game. It is another one in London, this one being held at Tottenham Stadium where the Hotspur play in the Premier League. Um, we've got the Carolina Panthers at 3-2, and two, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 2-3. and three. A lovely NFC South matchup here. I think <sighs> that will never get old. First of all, it's so hard to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> as said- a... Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. Right, then. So we've got the Panthers and we've got the Buccaneers. I think I'm going to have to go with... This is so hard. I can't bloody think. Um, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. 
camp. <laughs> Bloody think. That's great. Okay, so you're going with the Bucks. Uh, right. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. Panthers got Panthers are looking pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. Offense looks well behind Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey. Right. I'm I'm really leaning more towards the Cam Newton shouldn't start when he comes back. Oh, I know it's so cool. tough to say, but the dude, like, it's so hard to take Kyle Allen out if he's performing like this, especially if, you know, they beat the Bucks this week and they're four and two and Cam went out week. It's like, I just don't, I don't see how they can do that. The offense is clicking. The defense is pretty solid. Their past defense has been phenomenal this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking the Panthers. All right. The Panthers. Panthers it is. So we got Panthers Bucks there. Oof. So that's oh, Sunday gosh. morning, 9.30 a.m. Make sure you set your fantasy lineups. Uh, get your bets in for that one before that one begins across the pond. Across the pond? Tottenham so, Hotspur. <laughs> moving into the 1 o'clock games on Sunday, October 13th. We've got the Houston Texans going into Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs coming off their first loss of the year on Sunday night football to the Colts. Um, Tyreek Hill may be back for this one. Not sure yet. Houston's coming off a 55-point performance against the brutal Falcons this year. What do we think about this one, Mayday? So this one is probably going to be the funnest game of the week. I don't know if you'd agree, but we've got two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the game right now facing off Deshaun Watson coming off that absurd fantasy day last week. And I know they're on the road, but I think I'm picking the Texans. Oh, yeah, I I'm going to go with the Texans, too, here. No way. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Texans, too. I think that. The offense was absolutely clicking last week, and the Chiefs don't have a much better defense than the Falcons do. Um, True. Patrick Mahomes is a little banged up. I think the Chiefs are kind of in a little bit of a slump right now. I don't, that's not to say that they can't get out of it very quickly, um, but they only scored 13 points against the Colts. Yeah, that was a bad showing. So I think that the Texans have a pretty good. Uh, I would say pretty good. They have a decent defense enough to give the Chiefs problems offensively if they Mm -hmm. want to. Um, And then the Chiefs defense, I don't think, will be able to stop the Texans. So I'm doing with the Texans. All right, all right. Um, I think Tyreek Hill's coming back soon. So hopefully that helps out uh, all you fantasy owners of him out there. Me. Um, But we'll move into the game of the week for my heart and soul. We have the Seattle Seahawks sitting at a lovely 4-1 and one coming into Cleveland, First Energy Stadium, and playing the Brownies, who are 2-3. and three. As we discussed on Tuesday, a very disappointing loss for them uh, to the 49ers, a very embarrassing loss. And uh, I'm going to pick the Browns here by roughly 100 points. So <laughs> roughly a hundred over under so, 99 and a half. I'm taking the over over under 99 and a half taking the over. Wow. Okay. So Seattle coming into first energy stadium. Uh, it's Do still it. going to be loud in there. 
Do it. It's still going to be loud in there. The Browns, I think what it is, is I think we are just young and inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. So I think that, you know, we've got to figure some things out for sure. But I think this is going to be one of those games that things are just clicking for us. We're feeling good. We're going with the flow of the game and come out. Brown's on top. 99 to three. Hell yeah. Real quick. I want to say something about the Browns. I had an epiphany today. Yep. What we should do when Kareem Hunt comes back. Ooh, that's right. We do have Kareem Hunt. We will get Kareem Hunt back. Yes, week eight. Ooh. Or no, week nine. I apologize. Week, week nine. Week ten because week nine is our bye. Uh, That's okay. It's okay. Say what you want to say. Okay. Anyways, um, I think we should take the San Francisco approach offensively. Uh, and I the think out of the ball. we should run the hell out of the ball. We should run the ball 30 times a game between the two of them. Uh, we should have them in like at the same time often so that we can run misdirections. We can run counters. We can run, you know, all anything like you don't know who's getting the ball. And I think we should, because here's the thing. Our O lines trash when it comes to pass blocking, True, but I don't think they're complete trash run blocking. Maybe Drew. <laughs> so if we throw the ball, you know, 25 times max. Yeah. I think that that's setting Baker up for more success and setting our team up for more success. Yeah. Give me so some just an idea. And just an short, idea. Some short chunk throws would yeah, go a long I'm, way for this team in this I offense. I think so too. I think so too. We can learn a thing from teams in this league that are finding success. Nothing wrong Correct. with that. Oh, so, always plagiarize. That's what they told me in college. <laughs> so we both are taking the brownies. No surprise there. It is a Browns podcast. Hey, uh, next game. We've got the other Ohio team who, you know, we complain about the Browns, but my God, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a Bengals fan right now. It could be worse. Indeed. Yeah. So Bengals are going into M and T bank stadium to take on the Baltimore Ravens who, you know, the Ravens are kind of looking human after that, you know, dolphins and Arizona Cardinals weeks one and two, you know, lose to the, lose to the, um, the chiefs and then lose to the brownies and then barely squeak by the Steelers. The depleted Steelers, yes. Yeah, the depleted Steelers barely squeak by them. So definitely some questions about what the Ravens are. I mean, their defense isn't, you know, it isn't that that stereotypical Baltimore defense that's kind of been super stingy. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Ray Lewis ain't there anymore. Yeah, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, not there anymore. So guys have got to figure it out. Um but with that being said, definitely can't go against them, against the Bengals, because my God, I'm sorry, my God. all of your friends and my friends that are Bengals fans, but I think they would agree with me when they say this team has a great possibility of going 0-16. Oh, wow. They do get to play the Dolphins eventually, right? So That's going to be, that dude, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't think I need to put too much thought into this one. I'm picking the Ravens too. Um, if we want to throw a little fantasy advice in there, Tyler Boyd going to have a nice day, but that's it. So the next game, we have the New Orleans Saints going down to, or over, I should say, to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars in a TIAA Bank field. TIAA. TIAA. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say it, but I do love AA batteries. So the Jaguars, obviously led by Gardner Minshew, the Mississippi mustache himself. Uh, the Saints are led by Teddy Two Gloves currently and somehow are being successful with him back there under center. And for whatever reason, I think this is the week that we have a letdown from the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm going to pick the Jaguars, actually. Wow. Very bold. I did it. Very bold. I like it, but not enough. I'm going to go with the Saints in this one because the Saints are just rolling. I mean, 4-1 and one after losing your Hall of Fame quarterback. And we dogged them a little bit. We did. I mean, they lost Drew Brees, and we kind of just chat on them and just said, you know, we don't know how many games they're going to win without him. We still think they can win the division, win, and you know, maybe sneak into the playoffs. But they haven't missed a beat. And I think a lot of it, you know, people talk about Teddy Bridgewater, but their defense has been phenomenal. It has. It really has. The, uh, the Ohio State defense that they're running out there is doing yeah. wonderfully. Legitimately, the Ohio State defense. But, yeah, so I'm going to take the Saints in this one as well in TII, AA Bankfield. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next game, we've got the Eagles going into Minnesota, USA. Wow, U.S. Bank Stadium. Apologies, U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank Stadium taking on the Vikings. Both teams, three and two, coming into this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, this one's very tough because the Eagles have been kind of disappointing to me this year. What you they're, love three and, they're three and two, but they've been pretty inconsistent. I mean, you go into Green Bay and beat a Green Bay team like that. Um, but, you know, they're losing games that they shouldn't lose as well, I think. So I'm still going to go with the Eagles in Minnesota. There's a lot of drama going on in Minnesota right now. Yes, there is. Uh, and I think the Eagles have a fantastic front seven that's going to give Minnesota some issues Running the ball, which they like to do so much with Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm not taking him out of my fantasy lineup if I have him, though. Oh, I he's do. He's a must play. He's a must play. But don't expect a 30-point game from Dalvin Cook this week. All right. I hear you. I hear you. But guess what I'm doing? I'm trying to make a comeback here. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings, and I – think Kirk Cousins, who had a good game last week, and I know I said we're not going to talk about Kirk Cousins anymore, <laughs> but damn it if I'm doing it again, because he's having a good game again this week. He's leading the Vikings to a win. He's going to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs, and he's going to rescind his trade request. I said it. Wow. Yep. I'm passionate about this game for some like reason, it. but I'm excited for Kirk Cousins. I do like think that. it's going to be a good game. It will be a good game. Those are good teams, regardless of how what version of Kirk Cousins shows up. Mm -hmm. But let's get out of that good game. Let's go into the best game that I can possibly think of talking about now. The Washington Deadskins at 0-5, fresh <laughs> off the firing of their head coach, go down to Miami to play those fighting fins themselves. 
at 0-4, who thankfully were not credited with the loss for the bye week, but I think they did lose to the bye week last week. <laughs> um, their stadium's called... <laughs> Oh, I had to for that game. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. That's be so, so, yeah, boring. for the love of God, do not watch this football game. But I'm going to have to. I don't think TVs. I don't think anybody's putting any ads on this game on TV. I don't think. Yeah. No, it's, we might it's be actually. Safe. It's going to be shown on uh, QVC, not even a football channel. But no, <laughs> I am going to pick the Redskins because I think Case Keenum is going to start and he's their apparently best option. And yeah, that's all the analysis I have for this game. Um, are you ready to be mad at me? You're going to pick the Dolphins. I, I'm picking the Dolphins. Oh my God. We, what dude, podcast is this? It's definitely not the Shoot love the Dolphins, Dolphins podcast, but it's definitely not the hate the Dolphins entirely for Sam. The Redskins have been atrocious. They just fired their head coach. You got a week to prepare for. I know it's not the greatest team, but you've got a week to like really get implemented with everything else that this new coach is going to, you know, bring in because guys have different, you know, game plans, mindsets, like that kind of thing when you're leading the team. So it's going to be a little bit messy for the Redskins. And I think that, the Dolphins are going to actually pull this one out. And oh all, of the, all of the 0-16 talk um, is going to then shift to the Redskins. And they're going to say, is this the team that's going to do it? Because there's teams every year. There are teams every year. Thankfully, the Browns already have two wins. Yeah. That's so we're not going to be I'm saying. that bad. So we kind of flip-flopped there, surprisingly. But... On to the next game. We've got the 49ers taking on the Rams in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. This will be a good game. This is a division game. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think that they're hot right now. A big, big win against uh, nobody because the Browns had a bye week last week. Against nobody. That's true. (laughs) That was weird. Uh, but yeah, I think that the Raven or the Ravens, the 49ers are clicking a little bit. So I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Um, yeah, a totally respectable pick, but unfortunately the 49ers hurt my feelings. So out of spite, I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Rams led by a Cooper cup. Mm. Uh, a Cooper cup, Cooper cup, Cooper cup, Cooper cup, cup, cup. Um, <laughs> yes. But the next game, another probably don't really need to have it on your TV game. The Atlanta Falcons, who are one and four, super disappointing, uh, going to Arizona to play the Cardinals, who are one three one, one of the finer defensive mindsets you can have as a sixth grade basketball team. The one three one, but I am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons because I'm not ready to give up on them all the way yet, even though I maybe should. You maybe should, indeed, because I'm taking the Cardinals. In this one, you're probably surprised by that one as well, but no, because you'll be right. (laughs) The Falcons have just been so disappointing, man. I mean, what in God's name are they doing? I don't know. They're trying to get their coach fired. It seems they need to trade Julio Jones because they're wasting his talents to the Browns to the Browns for Callaway. Yep, I'm okay. I would I would (laughs) I'd sign that deal. 
all in on the Julio for Callaway trade. You heard it here first, Browns Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, we've got an easy one here. The Cowboys yes. are three and two, actually, which I think that we're both a little bit shocked by that. Cowboys started off red three hot. and oh. Yeah, yeah, three and oh, red hot. Lost two straight. Taking on the Jets, who I think are getting Sam Darnold back this week. They are. Captain from, Mono returns. Yeah, from his high school illness. Oh, God. <laughs> no offense, Mita. Offense taken. <laughs> two years but, removed from high school. <laughs> Thank you very so much. We're going to go. I'm going with the Cowboys here. I don't think it's a tough decision. Uh, they got to bounce back, get this dub in MetLife Stadium. Yes, I agree completely. The Jets have yet to prove to me that they're a professional football team this year, so I'm going to have to pick the fighting Ezekiel Elliott's and Dallas. The fighting Ezekiel Elliott's. Love it. Yes, sir. Um, the next game, another team that's hurt my feelings this year, the Tennessee Titans, who sit at 2-3, and three, and they're going into Mile High Stadium in Denver to play the Broncos, who are 1-4, and four, coming off a victory last week. Um, you know, I'm going to do the thing where I pick the team that, uh, hasn't hurt my feelings and I'm going to pick the Broncos to <laughs> win this one at home against Marcus Mariota, who's terrible on the road. So yeah. that's my reasoning for that. Pick, terrible but... on the road, except in first energy stadium. Yeah. <sighs> Just kidding. That um, was our, our bye week Yeah, that was our, that was our first bye week Yeah. We've first had two week. so far. Yeah. Uh, so I will, you know, I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm going to go with the Broncos. The Broncos have lost a couple close ones by a field goal to easily, you know, what could be three and two. I mean, they almost beat a bears team that had, a, they had a nice, you know, roughing the passer call where the D end tickled Trubisky Whoa. and got the, uh, roughing the passer called on him, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Broncos in mile high as well. So moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Dignity Health Sports Park, which, you know, pretty, right off the tongue, <laughs> pretty cool name for a sporting arena facility, DH, stadium, whatever you want it to be. Um, but they're taking on, he, they're taking on the chargers in that place. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the chargers here. In this one, which surprisingly, Mason Rudolph was like practicing somehow or something. That's incredible, honestly. Prayers to that guy because that was brutal last week and pretty scary. So, very scary. Glad that that is happening for him. Yeah, I am going to pick the Los Angeles Chargers here um, because their quarterback did not fall asleep on the field last week. And I'm going to pick them in their home stadium even though they don't ever have a home field advantage. Uh, but wrapping it up here, the Monday night game, we are thankful to have it looks like a good Monday night matchup with the Detroit Lions at 2-1-1 one, and one, going into Green Bay and Lambeau Field to play the Packers, who are 4-1. and one. Packers look like one of the top three teams in the NFC this year, and the Lions have been a pretty nice surprise within that same division. And <laughs> I think I'm going to roll with the, the G men 
That's the Giants. I think I'm going to roll <laughs> with the Cheeseheads and pick the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree that the Lions have been surprising this this year. I think it's going to be a pretty good game, actually, which, hope to God, it's the first Monday night game that, you know, is a, a pretty good one. Um, but I'm definitely going to go with the Packers as well. They're rolling, just beat Dallas in Dallas last week. So definitely going to go with the Packers here as well. Uh, shout out to the bye week teams getting a free win this week. The Bears, Bills, Colts, and Raiders. So if you have anybody on those teams, fantasy-wise, make sure you yeah. get them out of your lineup. Don't play them. Let's jump into our top five. To TikTok. So today's top five is, you know, a stupid one because that's what we are. We're stupid. (laughs) So kind of last minute for the top five, but we like the fun ones. So we're going to go with top five months of the year. Top five months of the year. There's only 12. Number five greatest months of the year every year. Number five is actually the month we're in now, which is October, which I know what you're thinking. That's the 10th month of the year. Why is it called October? Doesn't that mean eight? Well, fun fact, the Romans apparently get to decide the names of our months. So the Romans were like, originally, there's only 10 months in October was the 8th. So it made sense. And they were like, but we like two of our emperors. Emperors? They think they're emperors. Uh, so they added two more. Anyway, that's the history of months. Nice. Um, October is got to be in the top five because it's the 10th month. And today is actually 10 out of 10. So it's perfect. Nice. I like it. So. Number four is actually the month of May. Mm. Um, the month of May is number four because it's the shortest month to write. That helps. <laughs> um, also, the month of May, uh, you might know it as uh, Memorial Day weekend, but gotta love Memorial Day weekend, you know, having those that one extra day off of work. Oh, yeah. Um, it's nice. And, you know, you like to remember all those veterans and people that serve our country. It's not Veterans Day, but, you know, just everybody that served is serving, you know, got to love it. Yeah, we we support our troops. Yeah, so May, a good month, short to write, and, you know, you get that day off. It's nice. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Great pick. Moving in to number three in our countdown of top five months is actually April. April. Aprile. I don't know what language that was, but we're going with it. Okay. Maybe. Ban it. April? No. Um, So you said May. I'm going with the month before because they go hand in hand because everyone knows April showers bring May flowers. And also April gets my vote for a top five month because that is when the Masters are held. The greatest Mm. golf tournament in the world. Augusta Mm. National. Azaleas, Magnolias, all kinds of flowers. I love it. Go Tiger. Nice. So number two is a tough one because I really like summertime. I love summer months, but I gotta go. I gotta go with December here because December is just yeah, Hanukkah (laughs) and Kwanzaa and and Christmas, man. We love ethnic holidays. You gotta love the holiday season around Christmas time. You gotta love Christmas music. You gotta love seeing the family, seeing the friends. You know, it's a great it's a great month for 
um, spending time with people that you love and care about. And also, presents. That's right. Gifts aplenty. (laughs) (laughs) We love gifts, especially me being an only child. I didn't have to share a damn present I ever got. Oh, you lucky son of a... (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's get down to the grand finale of them all. Number one, the greatest month. The goat month. Goat month is what we'd like to... Goat month. It's February. And it's only 28 days, 75% of the time. But sometimes it's 29. And that's an awesome thing. It can just decide that it has... An extra day sometimes. Amazing. Not only that, not only that, but some of the greatest humans ever on the planet ever were born in February. Ever. So let's make a list. We have obviously Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then in the same realm, you have me and Sam. Yeah, same realm. Right there, same realm. And then you drop down, you got guys like Charles Barkley, you got Langston The Weeknd. Uh, whoever that is <laughs> gotta be a, 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 a some kind of a legend in some uh, ronaldo ronaldo abraham lincoln we see we talk soccer yeah ronaldo, <laughs> there's our soccer talk abraham lincoln george, george washington george what come on a dude with wooden teeth yeah it's president's Mo- valentine's day valentine's day Just which kidding. is only good if you have Beep. someone to be excited about with <laughs> also ed sheeran Great artist, great musical artist. Oh, one of my faves. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the weekend. My favorite. The list just keeps going. I can't even. So my that's, God. yeah. So that's the, uh, the February, the February month as the goat month. So that wraps up this Thursday's episode. Good luck to everybody in fantasy this weekend. Good luck to all those NFL teams. If you're gambling on them, remember to listen to me and not midday. True. True. Don't listen Um, to me. But we will see you all on Tuesday.